track of karate without bells. Um, me, me, you can't see it, but me and Jeremy are in our uh, polo formal wear, uh, opposite sides of uh, when we would normally record. This may become main mainstay, but today we're going to get into one of Jeremy's favorite movies and something. Not until the day we did the the podcast about Karate Kid, I had even heard of Jeremy. Would you care to introduce this movie for us? One of my favorite movies and kind of got my curiosity in martial arts was uh, The Adventures of Remo Williams, uh, The Adventure Begins. And so if... And it never uh, ended, but it didn't... Yeah, it, it, was, it was kind of a one-and-done deal. But um, I, I don't know, it just it raised so many questions about the martial arts when I was a kid. And I'm like, wow, is that possible? Is that possible? No, not really. I mean, it, it's it, it it it's a fun it's a fun kind of spoof on martial arts. No, and I still use some of the taglines in in the movie to this day. Um, matter of fact, I caught myself using one of them on my kids the other day when they were trying to get ready for bed. And so we'll we'll talk about that. So. Well, and I, I'm cautioned even calling this a martial arts movie. Yeah. Because going back and like when we were talking about it, I was like, oh, let's do this beachside. Okay. I looked at it and I, I watched it the day we did, at day after we did um, the podcast about the Karate Kid. And I was both like horrified and amazed. It's it, I caution to say this isn't really a martial arts movie because there isn't any martial arts in it. <laughs> Per se, no. It, but it's it, it's kind of a it's kind of a spoof on it though too. So it's kind of, the guy is the, he, what he does is he learns how to run, I guess at a moderate pace and um, jump on stuff. Well, and jump through stuff too, and jump, just just crash through things. Some some of the other things I mean, burst out of sand. Yeah, burst out of sand. Well, I mean, there are other things on there, too. I mean, that that was one of the more wildly amusing things in the movie, but it's you get into, you know, human tendencies and human, some human nature of, of different things and how to play off of it and stuff. And, and in a way, I think that kind of goes into martial arts and martial arts training. Yeah. I mean, if if you if you look at kind of the sidetracks on it and stuff, it's like not everything appears to be what it appears to be. A lot of times, like like one one of my favorite parts in the movie is they're they're in the kitchen. The little little uh, instructor guy, his name's Chun. If you've never seen it. And spoiler alert for like a 35 year old B movie. Yeah. Well, hey, it was a class movie back then, but no, but he, he tells, he tells Remo to put his hands behind his head, you know, and he, he just kind of, he puts them back there and then Shun just kind of looks at him. And then he, then he nails him and kicks him right in the groin. You know, and of course he doubles over and he goes, I didn't tell you to keep them there, you know? And so it's kind of like, 
It's a very throwaway scene too. It's 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 not like there is no like great emphasis on it. It's just like, okay, well, you're stupid. Well, I mean, but you know, when when you're training in martial arts, don't don't you have those? I, I don't know. I I've had those moments several times. I don't know about John, but. It, you know, there are times when you really kind of reflect and look at it it's like, wow, that was really stupid. Why did I do that? You oh, know, no, that, it, happened, that happened. You did that with me. With, with, with me and a couple people a couple times. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. One, once with the back of the head and once with the forehead. of the head. Yeah. <laughs> On the same day, nonetheless. Well, that's true. I, I forgot about that, yeah. But... But I mean, you, I mean, you go through training, and and it's kind of like, I, I I think I think a person, I think a really good instructor, kind of lets you see when you're like, whether they call it out directly, or they or they let you figure it out that, wow, what I just did was really dumb. I shouldn't do that, you know. And so there's there's different ways, but I mean, that one instance in that movie was very. Um, looking back on all the martial arts, thirty plus thirty years or so of martial arts training, it's like, yeah, that's that's kind of fitting, you know. Yeah. So, well, maybe we should back up a little and, and kind of maybe describe the plot of this movie for people who don't, because I never heard of this movie, and I don't think a lot of people who were not around then, for people, I guess, more in my generation. Yeah, they've they've heard of your your because of some other you know review outlets and whatnot. They've heard of your Leo Fongs. They've heard of your uh, of you know the kind of more obscure Claude Vaud uh, pictures. Um, I think more ironically than not, but this picture, I you know completely was not on my radar at all. Um, so this is based apparently on a book called The Destroyer. And I thought yes. this was a, a, a you know just a one-off book, and I did some research. And I'm like, holy, holy Christmas! It's a Huge close series. to 200 books, I guess, in its series now. Yeah, of just pulp novels and stuff like that. So I've, I've made it my life's goal if I survive the current crisis, which I mean, you know, there's still chances that we might we might not. Um, but if I survive this current crisis, I want to write up one of these books. <laughs> and I just want to eschew anything that actually happened in any of the books and just focus on writing a sequel to the novel or to the, sorry, not the novel, the movie, because this, it, it, it demands, it demands sequelization. But let's go through, you know, uh, what, what is this movie? How does it begin? Um, we start off in New York, I guess, it's, I guess it's, it's contemporary. It's contemporaneous um, with its era of 1985, 86. Um, some buckwheat cop is, uh, you know, chasing down an alley and he gets ambushed and thrown thrown off a pier and then disappeared. Essentially, um, people think he's dead, but he's not. Yeah, and so I mean, since the guy's got. No family, no, no, any. I mean, he's kind of a loner in a way. So, the secret government agency cure, yeah, yeah, the cure, yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it, um, 
it uh, recruits him for basically what they call public service assassinations and stuff like that. So, and it's and it goes through different things and um, essentially three. It's a three man death cult. Yeah, and well, it, kind of four, but anyway. kind of four. I mean, like I guess I guess Johnny's involved in it, but he's like, yeah. he's kind of more. If if we're gonna like put it put an organization into this. We got the fat guy behind the, the the computer. Essentially, has the internet. He's a hacker on the internet before it was a thing. And then you have the the African American guy who's just suave, cool guy. Um, can apparently walk in anywhere, do anything. Uh, has has robot arm or just prosthetic arm. And uh, I guess the third of their crew is 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 our titular character Rima Williams, who is pulsating between fish out of water character and just kind of like aloof Han Solo-esque. <laughs> yeah. And I mean like Han Solo and not in like the first two, but I mean like in the, who's just kind of trying to, to ham it up in the, in the Return of the Jedi. Because how, <laughs> how Harrison Ford acts in that movie is not how he acted in the first two. Regardless, the, 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 the this is our group, and they they promise to, to basically essentially kill each other if they ever get caught. Yeah. Out of. yeah, and so like his first assignment, they basically tell him that he they've got to take out Chun, which ends up being his instructor. And so, so little they didn't tell him anything, but Chun is this so-called master of uh, this art that they call Shinanju. And so it, one of the things that they do is is like they teach I don't I don't know what they teach, but it's like it it shows it's how it's completely he, fictional. It's 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 yeah. not it's not it's this okay we gotta let's get this out of the way because we're, we got to talk about it at some point so let's just get this out of the way all right so why i found this movie horrifying and jeremy you have a different perspective because you were uh, you know did you see this in the theater or is this a direct uh, yeah I, I, I saw it in the theater <laughs> holy moses because <laughs> holy 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 yellow face batman um we gotta get this out of the way um, the Sean, the character, is Korean, and is the character is Korean. The actor is not, and it is not okay what they did not then. It's not okay. It wasn't okay then. It wasn't okay. It's not okay now. Um, and kind of, I this is I think maybe a, a, a symptom of the source material rather than the screenplay and how things were back in Hollywood then and. Uh, they still kind of are now, but are are progressively getting better. It's kind of sad to see that this is a post Bruce Lee thing, but still, um, the actor who is playing John is not. He's a white guy who they put in yellow face. And how they portray the Korean culture, they don't portray it in any sort of way. It's a kind of non-portrayal because they literally didn't get a Korean person in there. Didn't yeah. seem to insult any person knowledgeable of Korean culture. It, it like literally makes no like his fashion sense makes like I, I think it's, they think it was an approximation of what some guy from Korea might wear. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's just like they got some weird approximation of like Asian dress sense. 
Yeah, I I noticed that it. I mean, if you if you look at, it, I mean, sometimes he's in like some type of you know chi Chinese outfit. Then next time you see him, it may be a Japanese outfit. And I think there's a couple times like, yeah, that kind of looks somewhat Korean. And then then you may look at something and it's like that almost That's looks like it's Indonesia or you yeah. know, I mean, just like. It's like, oh my, okay, well, whatever, cool. Well, and then it's like, he's the, he's doing like faux, I can very clearly see he's doing like faux calligraphy. It's not really any language. It's not, he's not actually writing anything. There's one point he's doing this on a tiger rug. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so, so the enigma that is this poor portrayal and apologies and this is why i like i i was horrified at this film because they they not only it's not just the fact they say oh he's korean they make it a fact to say this guy is like a korean supremacist <laughs> yeah and 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 like to 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 an absolute point and and no one is everyone's kind of pulling the race card out in this movie but in a very backhanded kind of way, like a very, very old school jingoistic key way. And it, it's not fine, but it's understandable for the time. It's still not fine. So, like, I've got to be like very Dr. Manhattan about this and just be like, I can't condemn it. I can't condone it. I, I get it. You know, I totally get it. But, oh. To, to me, I kind of look past, just kind of look at the story. It's kind, of, it's just fun, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we we had to cover that. We had to talk about that. But no, getting, to, getting to this story, this plot. So, who's our real antagonist here? You know, I, I mean, part of it is like the guy who's taking money from the government, but then it's also kind of the government. Yeah, kind of the government, kind of the, and you know, in in Diamond. some ways, in in some ways, this kind of brought light to, you know, during that time. I wouldn't say it was the only movie, but it kind of brought light to a different level of corruption in, in the government well, yeah. during that time. During that time, I mean, everybody looked at corruption as this, that, or the other thing. And it's like, well, wait a minute, what about what about this military overspending where you're where you're spending eight hundred dollars on a toilet seat and, th and things like that? And it it kind of it, it was it was kind of interesting. A little for bit after, time, that. yes. I mean, nowadays we come, we we're very much like you know damn budgets overblown but it, like that was i guess maybe the beginning of it um yeah i mean i think that's when a lot of people started start really like why are we doing this what what what's going on with that you know and people started really kind of coming i wouldn't say this movie is completely responsible for that but i think i think i was kind of the sign of the times around that time people were yeah. starting to question we're starting to question some of the things that the government was spending on, you know, like. But these guys go literally ride and die on it. It's like we are going to. They're 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 pretty much like we're gonna take out people. We're gonna work outside the justice system and murder people who we don't believe. But yeah. this is the weirdest thing. They're they're like, 
they're, they're operating outside of the government at the direct request of the president. Yeah. But they need evidence on the guy doing the thing, but they're assassins. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you need evidence well, on the guy? Well, I mean... just going to kill him. Well, yeah, but I mean... I mean, you, I mean, you don't want to. I, I don't know. You know, that's a question. <laughs> I mean, part, part, part of me is kind of like, well, you know, it's like you know, you know, take somebody out. It's like you know, you gotta have some type of evidence to make sure it's somewhat plausible deniability and things like that, and let it go away. But the other part of me is like, mm, it's kind of. But, I mean. I, I don't know. I to me, I've I've always liked liked the movie for just the basically the quips and the and the different things and how to how it relates to you know different different trainings, not just in martial arts but also in life itself. Yeah, because like John, I mean, for all the problematic issues of that character and all the issues like around that if you just kind of pull that story element out um of those two talking which i mean the business of it which is kind of a bit incorrect it's it's kind of a weird commentary too of just like people coming from a culture a and then viewing culture b like for example supposedly korean culture viewing american culture um and what, what does he find the purest form of art in? Oh, with the name of it or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> it's soap operas. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He and said there's the kind of thing. a mini plot within the soap opera, like, <laughs> of, of, like in the movie, and it, it, it tracks. It tracks. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like the only thing, only contribution to the art is the arts is the soap opera, and you're just like, oh my. Goodness, you know, yeah. I, I, I think whenever I went to go see it, I, I went to go see it with mom and dad, and I, I think that was back when my mom actually watched soap operas, and she thought it was, she thought that part was hilarious, you know. And, but it, it was funny after, not long after that, she goes, you know, there's just too much stuff going on in these. Forget it. So, so she so she finally stopped watching them. <laughs> but it's it's a linchpin point to the plot to a degree because that like it's the reason for them kind of quote unquote continuing the adventure. Yeah, exactly. But it's like it's like a motivating factor for for one of our characters. Yeah, like just be done with it. So um, I guess, but, like, uh, but I mean, I mean, look, now let's change the plot twist to some of just the going back to just the conversations between right. you know, Remo and 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 Chun. I mean, if you just look at that piece, no, yeah. don't look at all the other stuff. I mean, it it has a lot of a lot of wisdom to where it's like first you know you have some confrontational pieces and then you also have some really good parts of wisdom like you know one of the things that chun says is like um 
and I think this one kind of stuck through me. It's like, you, you know, fear is just a feeling. You know, you feel hot, you feel cold, you feel, you feel this, you feel that. Fear will never kill you. You know, it's like, well, I don't know about that. You know, it's been a couple times I thought that, but, um, but I mean, and he and he talks about you know, without getting over fear, you 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 literally hamper your life. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's I a common think, theme in that time too, because you think of a lot of like there's that there's Karate Kid, there's mm-hmm. Doom. Yeah, fear, I mean, fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death. Even though that book was written in the '60s, and well, movie came out in the '80s, like same year. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you you think about a lot of those things. I mean, I mean, look at even Rocky, Rocky three. Uh, Rocky three especially. Um, uh, oh, top yeah. uh, Top Gun, uh, you know, Iron Eagle. I, I mean, all these different classic eighties movies from you know. Uh, since I'm since I'm old guy here, but yeah, it's you know, it is a classic theme from from the eighties. You know, you know, face your fears, move on. Yeah, and so I think that's it. It, it carries a decent theme of. Of getting there and then like it kind of acts itself out in some interesting ways i mean it's it's kind of unbalanced in terms of like what the plot is versus kind of the the themes it's not very it's not very well thought out in that in that regard which is a little sad um i mean it, i mean it does, it does have a decent plot i mean or halfway decent plot i mean yes. based on i mean I mean, they are looking for corruption. They 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 find this person that that makes their their bring bring forth a huge government project, but yet nothing shown from it. But there's a lot of expenses to it and things like that. And so they're like, "What's really going on? Why is this going on?" And then they find the corruption behind it, and then they go after it. You know. So it's I mean, when you look at it from that, but. But like I said, some of my favorite things are like the the quips and stuff. Like, like one of the the initial uh, plot whenever uh, Remo tries to assassinate Chun, you know, and then they go back and I mean, you know, Remo's about passed out, you know, and they're like, so what do you think? He's very slow, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's like he moves like a pregnant yak, you know. Th- things like that have just stuck with me over the years. And actually, I used that on my kids the other night when they were get, trying to get dressed for 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 bed. And I'm like, "You two move like pregnant yaks." Now, come on, get moving. Let's go. <laughs> you know, gotta pass it on somehow. Hey, you know, I mean, some of these great words of wisdom need to be, you know. Gone through, gone through life and time, and it, you know if that's something I can pass down through family, family interaction, you know, to the next generation. Then hey, uh, that count me in, you know. Well, so. it goes to be pseudo pseudo serious for a moment. It's like to say it's like it goes into being able to find the flaws in people you're teaching, or teachers finding flaws in the people that you. You know, what is what is the purpose of a teacher is to kind of 
five like not uh, it's, it's interesting because it goes into when Remo comes down there he's just acting like action man like at least like you're like regular like American hero action man and then just gets completely it's very comedic because it's it's clearly they're not doing martial arts they're just doing it's almost like it's almost akin to the Marx Brothers just like flying through things and punching through through walls and like well, other stuff like it's, I mean, it's don't forget, don't forget about the dodging of the bullets I mean come on now that's yeah he's dodging bullets and that's, <laughs> I don't know that's the thing it's like it, it, are they playing it straight because it feels like they are but it's not coming off that way well I mean I mean some some of the things that they they talk about like you know later on they they ask how, how did you do that and it's like oh you, you heard the flexor metacarpals you know you could hear the sound of your flexor metacarpals and all this other stuff you know it i mean yeah whatever but you know if you think about now i've i've heard stories of people who were able to be very successful at rock, paper, scissors. I won't go into who, I won't, any of that kind of stuff. But they were able to pay attention to the muscles in somebody's forearm so well that they knew what they were going to throw before they were going to throw it. Right. And that's, I mean, that's... And, 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 and kind of pays... Part of martial arts is, is being able, not anticipate, but being able to kind of get that little that that one second off that one that that sh that one moment where you can actually you know get something get something in you know as opposed to the gross you're going to deal with gross movement but at the same time if you what's going to make you more successful like what's going to make you win and the other person not is being able to even one second one flex in the muscle or whatever um well we were talking about magic triangle a long time ago Oh yeah, magic triangle. Yeah, we'll explain that that concept another day. But um, goes into it where it's like if you can see something, see somebody's head movement or something like that, you can most likely kind of gauge where they're going. Well, so. I mean, I mean, and it goes to different parts of life. Not that I condone this, but if you know how to, if you know how to count cards and go into a casino, guess what? You have an advantage over the casino. I'm not saying do that. But I am saying that, but it, it's like whatever you you have that advantage, you know whether it's you know being able to pay attention to different muscle groups, where pay attention to different patterns, this that the other thing, and it's um, and and that goes that goes back to several episodes ago when I talked about analysis. Those are some of the things that you learn to analyze. You know, and 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 that and, and in a way, that's kind of what that movie kind of got into is a little bit of, and I think that's what drew me to the movie was it's like, you know, there really it's a lot of analysis. It's not really there. There, there is some mystical stuff around the martial arts in the movie, but for the most part, not not. I mean, there's not much martial arts to it, so. Well, I mean, like that. I mean, that's why, like, it's fun to think this is a martial arts movie. I mean, the most martial arts that happen is basically Chun kills a guy in the uh, what is it, the Statue of Liberty, and yeah. the martial arts in, in, in equipped is essentially running up and running down the Statue of Liberty, which 
I mean, it's on the poster and everything. I think it's very iconic. But this never caught on. Because apparently this was an attempt to make it kind of like James Bond. But, man, it did not go that way at all. No, no. But, I mean, mean, if I remember right, the... I know back in the day, I I don't know if it's still true or not, but to my understanding, that was the highest paid stunt ever done on a movie. Oh, that? I mean, probably, at least back in in that time, because they actually had to get them. They did. So parts of it were actually on the Statue of Liberty. Parts of it were on replication, which... You can see it a little in the movie, but I mean, especially for the time, like they blended it pretty well. Like it's it's not a poorly put together in terms of the story. It's not poorly put together. the The problem is it falls apart in the final act. So yeah. that's, that's that's where because it literally makes no sense. Like, why are they chasing Remo Williams? They don't know who he is. Like, well, 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 at that at that point, they they kind of have signaled the guy out and it's like this guy is kind of doing stuff we're not comfortable with so it's kind of like we need to and then a ski lift goes by and I don't know if I missed that part of the movie and like he just jumps on it and like it just goes by but it's like it's never explained where that comes from it's never tinted at why that's there it's just kind of there to get character from point A to point B, which is a, you know what you need to do to kind of move the plot along. Um, yeah. and, uh, I guess we got to mention this Catherine Janeway, um, Kate McGraw is in this movie, and she does an excellent job. She doesn't give yeah. much to work with. Um, yeah, she she she's definitely fun. She's probably the the real setup support character. I mean, she set up almost all that. A lot of the different things that were going on in that in the in the movie, you know, different sequences and different plots that were going on in the movie. So, yeah, I mean, she's she's an anchor in terms of an anchor actor and stuff like that. I mean, she's the right person for that film. I just wish she was given more. To, she she kind of got the woman plot. It's like it's a shame we have the woman. That, like you're a woman in the military. Oh man, life must be real hard for you. Literally, it, it tracks her to the end of the freaking movie, where it's like. Like where like the army guys are getting out and they're just like, come on, man, just remember, even though she's a woman, she's also a major and she's on our side. And it's like, yeah, you just put that dialogue in there. Just just had to do that. So <laughs> again, that was a sign of the times too. So it's, yeah, sign of the times. It's weird to think it was thirty-five years ago. But you know, if you look at it, <laughs> you know, through that movie, it it does kind of start bringing up the question to I wouldn't say combat it but definitely have a discussion or have the conflict behind you know you know the traditional woman role in the military and what the new role of women in the military I mean, if you really look at it that, that kind of really does bring that out in that movie I mean it does I mean she she gets female charactered as like the love in pseudo I mean she doesn't really go 100% in that direction well I mean except I mean, one little like his like 
the whole pressure point thing that June does. Oh, oh yeah, no, that didn't crack. That's, <laughs> that's a little out of hand. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that was a little nuts, but I mean, one of, one of the parts, what was it, when she's in front of the general and the general's like, you know, it makes no difference to me that, that you're a woman and and then she turns around and she goes, that's good to know. If it makes any difference, it makes no difference that you're a man either, you know? And so it's just kind of like, bam, you know, here. Hit back. Well, a good hit back. It's just also, it's, it's funny because it's just like, who is that guy? Wait, why did I get my pictures taken with that guy? Wait, you're, and she's going against the like corporate dudes, like, wait a minute, you're not a ranking member of the military. What do you have to say about any of this? Yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. And if you think about it, especially at that time, you're talking supposedly Remo's the survivor of the Vietnam War, and then which you know, wasn't more than what ten years prior to this. And so with that fresh, yeah, yeah, it was about about ten, yeah, around a decade. Yeah, you're right. You had about what fifty years of. It not be it, it being pretty commonplace for probably most people on your block, most men on the block to have had some military experience or gotten drafted or something like that. Yeah, um, exactly. Common than not. So you know, what was it all for? To have a guy like that and basically rob the country. Yeah. So I mean, like I think it's speak, speaking to that point you brought up before, like. You know, it it does allow for that counterbalance, which is nice. It's just a movie. Is it? It's it is very fun to watch. It's funny to watch. It's it, I can watch it ironically, um, where I think you would watch it more straight. But I can I can appreciate what it tries to do, even though it doesn't necessarily get there. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's. It, it, it's it's a fun movie and it's somewhat of a spoof on martial arts and it's basically a spoof on just an action movie in general, really, in some ways. Not not like a not like a kung fu hustle kind of spoof, but it's like where there's actual uh, kung fu in there. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, so it's just you know that that or uh, the last dragon you know it's not not a complete funny spoof but it's just kind of like a oh, a satirical spoof. i mean and you gotta think about what's really kind of going on in that movie it's kind of well, you don't have to but you can just sit down and enjoy it but it, it's just a fun movie so yeah and i it's i don't know if it's necessarily meant to be that but it definitely became that and i think that's that's you know speaks to the art of doing that i mean like we create podcasts it's essentially the same thing is maybe we intend on going one way with something I mean, it's a little more improv improv i don't say improv but it is improvisational we don't script everything so yeah. it's you know it just comes out where however it comes out um if we want to kind of you know to wrap up talk about the end of the movie so the end scene, I think, is, is it, it makes me wish there was one more of these, at least. And we kind of just got to see what happened after that. Yes. It, was good, it was a good send-off to our characters, 
but we didn't need to didn't need to be necessarily a send off. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's you know, right off into the sunset. Instead, they're taking a boat ride into the sunset <laughs> after 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 Chun runs across the water, and everybody's just kind of like, well, yeah, what's going on? No, but after Remo throws the guy, like does the action hero thing, throws the main villain over trucks and just says, I'm Remo Williams. And then just casually grabs a branch, fiddles with it, and then decides to, with his own hand, set it on fire. <laughs> and throw it at the truck's oil supply and murder the guy they've been trying to nail with evidence. Yeah. So. Well, the, 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 the thing that I, to this day, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is something such as this or not, but it, they, they talk about this tool that he's supposed to be using throughout this movie, and it's called the fingerboard. You know, where he taps his fingers to, to get this afternoon just popped this movie up. There is nothing. No, I, I think I, this, is, this is completely fictional. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've never thought to even search on something like that, but it's just kind of like, I'm just kind of curious. But I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like mock war train for your fingertips, you know, and that's kind of what it's. It, <laughs> and he's sitting there, well, while they're watching soap operas and he's hitting the, hitting his little fingerboard getting calluses on the ends of his fingers and stuff so it's like i said it's it's but you can't connect a to b that's the thing like we don't get a scene kind of before where he's like almost made it work or like even seeing like children do something even similar to that it's just out of nowhere, he just just like casually murders a guy by setting a by with his own hand setting a piece of wood on fire and throwing so, it on the gas light from the car that he threw over. That he threw the villain over. Yeah, it's it's, it's you and then and, and he walks away with an explosion shot behind him. I mean, it's like you had everything there. Yeah, everything was there. Um. So I think, you know, in the end, it, 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 it decent, I mean, I, completely enjoyable. I can't really con, condone it. I can't really condemn it. Um, but I liked how the, the very end where he's like, you know, you're incredible. No, I'm better than that. Better than that. <laughs> end scene, end of movie. <laughs> Did it in one. Yeah, so I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, some of the some of the things, some of the lines in that movie, I, I think this is probably a good place to end. Yeah, is like, uh, you know, like, like I said, you, you move like a pregnant yak. The seasons move faster, and then, and then one of them, what was it? Uh, was it Remo tries to sneak in some? Some different food into the into his, into the apartment and stuff, and, and you know, Chun's looking at it, and he goes, you know, he's trying to say some of the things that are in the can and stuff, and Remo's like, you can't even say it. And he goes, I can say wrap droppings. It doesn't mean I want to eat it, you know. And I mean things like that, you know. It, 
it, it brings a very simplistic way of looking at things like, you know, you're right. I, I can say rat droppings. It doesn't mean I want to eat it. You know, you know, different things like that in my daily life and stuff like. So I mean, in some ways, I I take a little bit of that into my daily life. Like, look at things a little more simple than trying to make it mean something other than what it, other people make it mean. So, which can be rat poison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can, I'd rather eat with this can than what's in this can. <laughs> it's a good line. Like it's it's wonderful. So I mean, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. So, but I mean, hopefully, other people have seen this movie and they've enjoyed it. And, you know, but you know what? And if not, it, it's definitely worth a couple hours of just downtime, especially during this time. Uh, just kind of catch up on just kind of a fun little movie and enjoy so yeah well we'll also be a decent group of people very pissed off by this movie but um mm. I no, don't take it too it, serious <laughs> don't take it too serious so just kind of go with it those people have the right to not be not be not be happy with it but i mean if it's understood in the very least where like where like i said before it's not it's non-representational and i mean it's not you can't defend it but at the same time like you know it, it is because it's a completely fictionalized version of it i i think you can get around it but you know you, you call a lot of things but if it's still wrong it's still wrong so i got you i got you cool cool anything else you want to kind of hammer on this no, I, I think we've covered this about as much as we could. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if people can find it, um, it's I, it's not available. I don't think it's available on any, any major streamer or anything like that, but I think you can buy it through, like, I've, all these movies that are just kind of supposedly B or C rate that kind of didn't came and went a long time ago are now getting reprinted. Because yeah. there's an audience for it, so you found it, so it's it's possible to find it. I mean, that, that movie does have kind of a cult following. I mean, it, it is yes. funny. I mean, like um, I, I remember one night at a, one of our summer camps that we went to, and I, I think it was several sakis, you know, late in the night after belt testing and stuff. And we started talking about different movies and stuff, and and it was funny, like. There's about three or four of us like, anybody ever see the adventures of Remo Williams? And it's like, oh yeah, not, we're, we're, we need to get a copy of that. And at the time, they didn't even have it on DVD. You couldn't even get it on DVD. And then they finally republished it on DVD. So, I mean, it was just one of those things. I'm, I'm waiting for No Retreat, No Surrender to come out on DVD. I mean, that was kind of a it was a goofy spinoff or attempt at uh, Karate Kid, but it's it's still it's still a fun movie. But anyway, supposedly this is supposed to be this one of the same guys who wrote for Predator is trying to remake it. So oh, really? oh boy, it's been in. I think you know right now everything is kind of on hold. But I mean, it looks like it's been in development from hell for a while. But um, yeah. We'll see what happens. I if I if 
I survived the current crisis. I do intend to write the next the, the sequel to this. <laughs> I'm going to write the sequel to this in prose form. I'm not going to write a screenplay. No, but like, you know, also if you think of it this way, I guess one thing is you know if we could ever do like a modern take on this in like in thirty seconds is like pitch it as like a Netflix series. Do justice by it. Do justice by it by just being like. This is just a made-up thing that I, this is just a like a kind of a made-up made-up martial art, and yes. actually cast real real Koreans in, in it and uh, make it like a Netflix buddy buddy comedy, or or YouTube one of the two. So. Yes, I mean so anyone can anyone could probably take it and do some sort of fan thing with it, which I think would be funny as long as they're you know not doing the stupid things the movie did. Yeah. Uh, but, Cool. Well, that cool. wraps it for this. Um, this is John signing off. Take care, this is Jeremy. All right, and thanks for listening.